Hello, happy Monday. Welcome back to the table. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Messy Martha podcast, where Monday is made possible. And this Monday is fueled by Lincoln's tears. (laughs) If you can hear him in the background, he is not happy. Oh, the joys. It's a struggle when you can't have 112% of your mother's attention. 112%, exactly. (laughs) Yes, imagine. He's sitting outside the door while we're recording, just like in agony that he can't be in here with me. Oh. So what's up? Oh, it has been a week. Um, We are... A long, long week. It's been two weeks since we had an episode. Yes. We had um, the flu pandemic uh, happen, and everyone around us, including us, all had the flu. So the, flu, the worst flu oh I have God. ever had. So it's, it's been a struggle, but we're all better now. Yes. I hope Thank you God. are well. I hope, listeners, that the flu hasn't hit you. If it has, I'm sorry. Praying for you. Uh, that stuff was rough. Oh my gosh. Longest week ever. Two weeks. I don't even know. I don't even know how long it's been. Because it's been two weeks. It's been long. (laughs) It's been a long week because it's actually been two two weeks. weeks. (sighs) These little, y'all don't sleep on the grandma's vanilla cookies. They're good. That's my snack today and my coffee. Monday is being fueled by grandma's vanilla cookies and and my Nespresso. <laughs> so uh, today we are going to talk about. Um, it's kind of just going to be more of a casual conversation today. Mm-hmm. Um, no visitors today. Yeah, just us today. Um, so we kind of just have. Um, we've had a couple of conversations recently, and we just decided to bring it to the podcast mm-hmm. about. As saints, the impact that ministry and mm-hmm. ministers' wives specifically had on us mm-hmm. growing up in the church. Yeah, it's twelve o'clock. Oh, thanks. Um, you know, we we did not grow up in ministry, right? Uh, quite the opposite, in fact. <laughs> um, you know, we are first generation Pentecost, yeah. Yeah. Um, and our. You know, we did not grow up in a family of ministry like right. um, some of our peers did. And yeah. Megan's husband also. Yeah. Right. And I, although I am married to ministry, am ministry, I guess, now, um, it was a whole new world. Um, because growing up on the pew as just a saint, you know, you view ministry in this... Um, or at least I did, almost in like this otherworldly type way. Yes, it's like they're royalty. Yes, and you are not. Like it's not. It's not that way. But that's how it seems. Like sitting on the pew, you know, because they're your heroes and they're who mm-hmm. you look up to and they're who you want to be like. And you know, those are the people leading you to Christ and helping you grow and learn, and you know, helping you in your struggles. And so, me as a as a young girl. I always viewed the ministry as, like, way up here. And, like, I will never be that. You know, like, I was terrified of 
people in the ministry. And it wasn't like scared, like a fear scared. It was like a respect fear, I guess. Um, because I was just like, they're so like, just, you know, they have this relationship with God and they pray all the time and they can, they're perfect before the Lord. They can hear from God and they walk in the spirit and they know everything. And like, they always know what to do and they always dress right. And they always like, just know exactly what to say. And they're always just so like elegant, um, you know, and you just have this view of, of ministry and, Growing up, like, I would always, I would always, when we would have, like, a visiting preacher or evangelist come through, you know, I would watch their wives if their wives was with them because I wanted to see what they, how they worship. All the girls in the youth group would yes. start doing their hair yes. like them. Yes. I always wanted to see, like, how they're going to worship and how they would pray in their prayer room and how they would work the altars and if they stayed back or if they worked them or if they, you know, I just like to see like their style of ministry because everybody is so different. Mm -hmm. Um, But one thing that always stuck with me was I always noticed if they looked like they had joy and if they were worshiping. Mm -hmm. And the minister's wives that were the most joyful were always the ones that also worshipped mm-hmm. the most. And that, as a, as a young teenage girl just watching from the outside, resonated something in me. And because my pastor's wife is a worshiper. I mean, yes. she worships, you know, very exuberantly. And I think a lot of that is why our church worships so exuberantly is because our leadership worships. Um, and that was always something because... Even as a as a young teenage girl, I wanted to be in ministry. Like that was just something I always wanted to marry someone that was ministry minded, mm-hmm. and so I would watch them because that's who I wanted to be. Mm-hmm. And when I was fourteen or fifteen, we had um, there was a, a minister's wife that come through, and she looked like she would rather be anywhere else. Like every church service, she just looked miserable. I never saw her worship I mean she would like maybe raise her hand at the right time when the preacher would say let's all raise our hands but she it wasn't like voluntary worship you know what I mean and like she didn't pray with us at the altars and she didn't there was no like burden I guess she was just kind of there as a duty because her husband was there preaching and on the flip side we had um, an evangelist and his wife come through that she was in the prayer room. I would find her in the mornings when we would come into the church to pray before school. She was in there praying. And I can still hear her praying. I don't know who you're talking about. And um, in church, you know, during worship, she was up front worshiping. Like She would come out of her pew and she would worship. And she would pray with us. And it just, the, the two extremes, you know, then at 14, 15 years old, it impacted me. That these women probably don't even know I exist. Yeah. I mean, but the impact that each of them had on me mm-hmm. and the direction that I decided 
you know, if God leads me into ministry, I will be one and not the other. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't want to be the woman that looks like she'd rather be anywhere else. Mm-hmm. Because to me, if you're ministry, you're serving Christ. I mean, you're a servant mm-hmm. above all else. And I think a lot of people um, that are in ministry, and I'm trying to be, I don't want to hurt, I don't, I'm trying to be really careful with how I say this. Um, Because I don't think that this is their motive, but this is how it seems. This is, I'm speaking from the outside, looking on the outside. It almost seems like a lot of ministry now feels entitled because we do try to honor our ministry. You know, you're supposed to respect them and have, there's supposed to be a separation there because they're, they're, they are our leadership. Um, so, you know, a lot of times they're, they're treated, they're served a special meal at meetings and they're, they're stood up in front of everyone and they're talked about and, you know, um, they come in the back door and they have a, you know, they're just kind of like celebrated as they should be. Ministry should be celebrated. It's a very hard thing. Um, but I think some of that has caused some people to have, you know, an air of entitlement where it's like, well, I can sit, you know, in the reserved seating at the conference and I don't have to do anything. I can just kind of be here because I'm just here to fellowship. You know, this meeting isn't, I'm here, but it's not for me. me. And so I'm just going to sit here and clap my hands a little bit you know, but I'm just on the sidelines. I'm ministry. Mm-hmm. And and see, the, the minister's wives that I remember, remember the most, um, because where you always wanted to be in ministry, I, I wanted to be used in prayer. I, I always have. I still mm-hmm. pray that mm-hmm. the Lord uses me right. in prayer. Right. So the minister's wives that I... I have very distinct, vivid memories of mm-hmm. are the ones that kind of cross that line that you're talking about mm-hmm. and would come and get amongst us mm-hmm. and pray mm-hmm. and worship. And it was obvious that they wanted to be an example yeah. and that yeah. they had been somewhere in prayer yeah. and that the Lord was using them, yeah. 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 Um, you know, to reach out and touch mm-hmm. someone. And it was obvious to stand in the gap. Yeah. This. You know, you can just see it all over people yeah. um, when their joy comes from yes. allowing God to yes. minister through them. Yes. Um, well, and a perfect uh, an example of that that just immediately comes to mind is um, outside of our own pastor's wife, which has always been a beautiful example yes, of that. Yes, um, very much you know, so. Sister Copeland is always on the front mm-hmm. lines with us. She's mm-hmm. always leading our young girls mm-hmm. in worship, and yep. I am so incredibly thankful for that. Yes. Um, and, you know, I, I have very vivid memories of Elder Sister Howard, mm-hmm. you know, yes. pushing us yes. young girls to pray, mm-hmm. and, um, you know, you'd see her slip behind, and she would... She grabbed somebody, you mm-hmm. know, and, and she was praying for them. And it was so obvious that her 
whole joy in life yes. came from that moment, yeah. from being able to touch God for, for someone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I can think of example after example yes. of ministers' wife that ministers' wives that mm-hmm. I saw do those yes. things, and those are the ones that I remember. Yes, not the ones that were dressed most beautifully right. or have the most well-known husbands mm-hmm. or it's the ones that I saw reach out and touch someone yep. or myself yep. that impacted me the Same. most. You know, and that's going back to the, you know, conference, like sitting on the sidelines at a conference. You know, there there are young girls just like I was that are watching you yes. because I wanted to be you. I wanted to be the minister's wife. So that's who I watched at conferences. Mm-hmm. And it always, because I love to worship, and worship mm-hmm. is just in me. And, you know, I would always, as a saint, when I would see the ministry just kind of going through the motions, it would always kind of break my heart a little bit because yeah. I'm like, you're supposed to be serving Christ in a way that the rest of us can't. Mm-hmm. And you're just sitting there Next letting, level. yes, and you're sitting there letting everyone else carry the service when you have so much that you could, you could take the service farther. And that it's probably not true, but your ministry, your job is to minister. Mm-hmm. And if you're not ministering to others, are, are we fulfilling the call? Mm-hmm. And that, that's really hard and it's really heavy. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you're just kind of there, you're there to fellowship after service in the back room while you're eating, that's, I don't want to get in trouble with anybody, but, and this is just, this is just me. You know, this is just, this is not, I mean, I'm not writing a book on it or nothing, but like, to me, if if you are ministry, your whole life is ministry. Mm-hmm. Everything that you're doing is a ministry. Even if you're, you feel like, well, nobody knows who I am. I'm insignificant. I'm one. I'm one of four thousand people at this conference. You know, nobody's looking at me. There, there's someone there. The young people are watching. The young people that want to be you, the young people that want to, to, to be the preacher's wife, they're watching you, preacher's wife, evangelist's wife, pastor's wife. Even just and and you know, even the ones that don't necessarily want to be ministry, they are still looking. Right. You know, because... Because you're our example. As someone who didn't grow up with lots of family mm-hmm. in my church um, or at conferences, you know, right. a lot of my friends would go to conferences and their aunts and uncles right. and their cousins would be there. Right. And, um, and I would be like, I, I didn't have that. Mm-hmm. So the people that I was looking at yeah. was that Ministry. group of yeah. people sitting in the reserved seats. Exactly. Um, and there was ones that I always looked for. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there were, there were preachers' wives that I was, like, if, that, if I found out they were going to be at that conference, mm-hmm. I knew I had exactly. to be there. Yeah. 
Yeah. You know, and they didn't know who I was. No idea. Yeah. That you know, they don't even yeah. know I exist. They yeah. still don't know I exist. Yeah. But I was like, I've got to be there. Yep. Um, because they're gonna be there. Mm-hmm. And if they're there, I wanna be there because I want to watch. I want to see them worship. Yes. I wanna see them operate in the spirit. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's such a beautiful thing. And I know as ministry, especially now, you know, with y'all in ministry, you know. I see it, and I know that being in ministry is like it's a glass house, and yeah. it's a double edged sword, and yeah. and you do feel like people are watching you all the time. But they and, are. But they are yeah. because your minister ministry is leading. You know, it's your job to lead people. It's your job to minister to people. And I know I keep going back to that, and it seems like I've said that several times. But ministry is ministering. And, you know, if if we get so caught up in, well, it's about us and I'm here for me and I just need a break and I just need a, you know, and I understand, I understand that, that you get weary and you get tired. But if you're weary and you're tired, the place to run to is worship. You know, go to the conference and lose yourself in worship and let God fill your soul in a way that visiting with the pastor's wife from the state over won't fill you. Mm-mm. And it, it does fill you. Fellowship is important. I'm not saying it's not. We should fellowship, and we do need each other, and we do need that connection and that strength. But don't let it be your first strength. Mm-hmm. Don't let it be – don't forget that God is still at the conference. Mm-hmm. And that he can still speak to you, minister's wife. And, you know, when when you as a minister's wife are working the altars yeah. at a youth conference, that does you're something. not just ministering no. to that person. You're teaching the girl standing yep. two pews back Watching you. Yep. how to work the altars. Yep. Yep. And that type of thing mm-hmm. has always mesmerized me. Mm-hmm. Um Watching someone, watching someone operate in the Holy Ghost is beautiful. Mm-hmm. It really is. Yeah, and it's it's impactful not just for whatever they're letting that person, mm-hmm. what, however, you know, whether they're talking to them, giving yeah. them word, yeah. or just putting their hand on their shoulder and praying for them. Yeah. You know, it's amazing to watch. Mm-hmm. And really as a young as a young person, and even now, you know, I do watch other I still people. Watch. Yeah, you know, I'm 30 years old, and there's still people that I watch. Yes, because I'm still learning. You know, and I want to see. Well, how do they do it? You know, is there something that I could do better? Um, because we're always learning. It doesn't yeah. matter how long you've been in ministry. Um, God is still working on us, and we're still growing. And I think that that's one thing that impacted me, you know, watching other ministers' wives operate and let God use them, even in a, even in, well, it's like, um, you know, there's a, there's a, an evangelist wife, um, her husband is a very prominent evangelist, and if she is anywhere, I've seen her, anywhere that I've I've seen this woman. She's out front. 
she literally, like, she doesn't care, you know, what people, she, she doesn't care about appearance, or she doesn't care, and she always looks nice, and we're not saying she don't care what she looks like, yeah. um, but, you know, she's not worried what the pastor's wife sitting behind her is going to think if she worships, like, how sad to be scared to just let yourself go because you're worried what the other ministry is going to think. Like, why Why is it like that? If anyone know. at the conference, in my opinion, is going to lose themselves in worship, it should be the ministry because we're the front lines. Yeah. You know? But this, going back, this is Evangel's life. She's always, and it's always amazed me, and it impresses me beyond, you know, that she's just, and she's not seeking, and you can you can obviously tell by the way that she carries herself. She's not out there because she wants to be seen. Yeah. You know, she's legitimately out there with her whole heart Worship. worshiping, and it is one of the most beautiful things. And I look for her every conference that I think that she will be there. And I just watch her worship. And I'm like, that is so beautiful to me. That even as a minister's wife, she still desires, you know, to sit at the feet of Jesus. You know, she's she's coming to the conference because she's coming. And this is the deal is, I'm not, you know, we go to the conferences and it's so easy to forget um, that God is, you know, and I've been guilty of this too, but it's, it's easy for us to just get lost in the monotony of, oh, we have this conference next week and this conference coming up, and then we got to go here and we got to go there and we got to do this and we got to be at this meeting. And um, we go to the meetings on autopilot without, you know, thinking, well, is, does God want to, is, can I, instead of the prayer, you know, use me as a conduit, you know, let me minister to someone, let me, you know, move through me and you know don't let me be a hindrance and I don't want to quench the spirit you know we a, a lot of times we forget that prayer and we're just there because obligation we have to show our face we have to you know be there to support our friends we want to fellowship with the people that are going to be there we want to you know whatever we're at the meeting for we forget that Jesus is at that meeting too and He's there to touch someone, and he's there to change somebody's life. And what if that somebody needs you to pray for them? But you're you're not thinking. You're, 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 because well, you're familiar with being in church. You're yes, in church it's all the time. so easy because that's that's our job. Yeah, you know, church is our job, and so it's so easy. You know, and I've been guilty of it too. There's been you know revival. You know, times I've been with my husband in revival service after revival service, and I've caught myself just going through the motions, and I've had to shape myself and say, no, I'm there. I'm here for a bigger purpose. It's monotonous to me, but it shouldn't be. And I've had to repent and tell God, you know, I'm sorry for taking this for granted, yeah. for coming into your presence and and not realizing the weight of glory that is there well and you know as someone who grew up in the in a in a youth group and now 
on a very minor level, but we yeah. I'm on, I am on the youth staff. Right. We do work with the young people. Yeah. And, you know, you're always having to push young people to get out of their comfort zone and worship. And if there is a youth group there and, you know, you are one of that youth group celebrities and you're there. Yeah. And you're dressed to the nines, and you look beautiful, yep. and you stand in the corner, yep. and you don't do anything because you're supposed to be a sophisticated yeah. minister's wife, and you just stand there, and you're the one that those girls are looking at. Mm-hmm. When they come to church on Sunday and they need a breakthrough, they're just going to stand there because that's what you did. Yeah. And they think that makes them poised and sophisticated. Yep. And everything that you are. Yeah. And you may, you know, and a lot of times, you know, I, I don't know a minister's wife that isn't a worshiper. I'm not, I, I, I don't and, either. But but a lot of times we get caught up at the meetings and things. And it's, I don't know. I'm, it's really hard for me to convey, put into words what I'm trying to get across without, because I don't, I don't want. To anyone to feel like I'm saying, well, you're just standing there. Like, you're not. Because I'm sure at home, you are very much a worshiper and a leader and a worker. I mean, ministry, you don't go into ministry without having a heart for people. No. Um, but I do think, you know, I, I get to travel and see a lot of these ministers' lives that I've always watched at conferences and stuff. I've gotten to see a lot of them at home, at their home church. And, you know, it's so different seeing them at home versus seeing them, like, somewhere else. Um, because a lot of times we, I know, like, for me, if I'm not home, I'm, I'm like, I'm scared. Um, you know, I know, like, from for me, if I'm not at home, I'm a little bit, scared to get out so I I understand like if you're I understand why a lot of times we don't see them like you know just like breaking down you know worshiping um being a little reserved yes being a little reserved because we are at a you know um but I think what I'm what I'm trying to and you're not just going to hook a book across no, the front right, every right, service. Exactly. Nobody does exactly. that. There's been very few churches that I've, like, shouted in yeah. other than my own. Um, which I, God's kind of convicted me over a little bit because, you know, it's like his presence. I should feel, I don't know. I, I just, I've seen pastor's wives in their home church. You know, and a, a lot of them worship, and they're very involved, and they work the altars, and they pray. Um, but I think we need to be conscious to carry that when we are outside of our home church, is what I'm trying to say. Um, because we should, there are people watching, and they don't see you at home. They see you at the conference. They see you at the youth rally. Um, you know, and they see you when when you visit their church 
for whatever reason. And if we're reserved to the point where it looks like worship isn't important to us, it could hurt somebody. And it could hinder our ability to be used at that church. Like if we're so worried, oh, well, what do they think? You know, and God is moving on us to, to go pray for that young person, to step out in the aisle and and leap for joy. You know, what if God is trying to use you to bring liberty to that church, to, to bring liberty to someone watching you a few pews away? Um, I think that's what I'm trying to say is because I've, I've seen it from both sides. I've seen it as a little girl sitting on a pew as a saint watching, and then I've seen it as a minister myself, and I understand why you're reserved. I understand the hesitation to step out. Um, and well, I mean, you know, you don't want to cause any ethical. Exactly, exactly. You don't. Well, what if they? You know, but I, and I think I think a lot of that, a lot of a lot of the decorum needs to be let go. Um, order, yes, keep order. We sh- we should have order always um but a lot of the decorum and the reservation should be especially when it comes to worship and ministering in a service you never know who is there that needs you um you know there was a there was an evangelist wife that was here um they preached a really long revival for us right after we right after I got the Holy Ghost. Um, and she would, everywhere I've ever seen this evangelist life, she's there, they pastor a church now, but um, anywhere, I've never been in a service with her that she didn't shout. And that always impressed me because I was like, I want to be like that. Like, I want to be the, I want to be the person that can worship no matter where I'm at. If I'm at home, in my comfort zone, or if I'm, you know, in a church I've never been in before. If God wants to move through me, I want to let him, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and sometimes she would be the only one that shouted. And I never thought, she looks crazy. I was just like, Nobody wow. That. You know, I was yeah. just like, that's so beautiful to me. Mm-hmm. Like, that's so cool that she lets God just like, that she's willing to worship him without abandon or with abandon. Or is it without or with, with abandon? Without with abandon. Worships him without any reservation. Yeah, there you go. Uh, <laughs> no matter where she's at. Um, and that ministered to me. Yeah. I mean, you know, but I don't know. I don't know. And I just felt, I don't know. I don't know who this is for. I don't know if it's for anybody but me. Um, uh, but minister's wife, if you're listening, we need your worship. You know, and that goes right back to you know the whole theme of messy Martha. Yes. Um, because I don't know a minister's wife that isn't a Martha. Like we work. Yes. You know, and it's so easy for us to be so caught up in our work that we forget that we still need worship and we still need the ministry side of ministry um so minister's wife pastor's wife evangelist wife youth pastor's wife keep working for christ but in the working 
Don't forget to stop and sit at his feet because someone's looking at you. Um, It's okay to slow down, take some time for worship, and rest in Christ. Thank you for joining us at the table where Monday is made possible. Until next time. Mercy Murder Podcast.